Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, uh, presented by the folks at Renthal, Maxis, Cobolinks, and uh, Motorsport.com. Before we get far too far into this Canadian wrap-up with Noof and Galdi, thanks to Racetech, Racetech.com, for more information. They are, Suspension seminars are sold out that are taking place in Corona, California this fall. Uh, they're going to maybe add some more dates for that, but they are doing the motor uh, seminars as well. So these things are great. Paul Feed and the guys at Race Tech take you through everything, teach you, learn. Uh, it's really good to learn things, and uh, they they give you all the secrets, man. So if you want to get involved in the industry, you can really start with uh, the Race Tech suspension and motor seminars. And more information on that is to be found at Racetech.com. Pulp 21, it's code to save with motor work and suspension work. Uh, call down there. Tell me, listen to Pulp. You get a discount. Racetech.com. And uh, thanks to those guys. All right, let's get into the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,700 podcasts delivered with over 17 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. This is the Canadian wrap-up. We uh, They just finished the Supercross up there, and of course, the motocross is all done. And so myself and my two buddies are going to recap everything that went down up in Canada this summer and fall and, uh, yeah, talk about how right we were with our preseason predictions. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you to Fly Racing, of course. The 2022 gear is out, and uh, they're doing a good job with that. they got the all-new Formula CP helmet. Same Rion technology, just a different shell and a different price. They've uh, really looked at the Kinetic and the uh, Evo lines of gear, so they've, they've revamped that a little bit. After last year, they did the light gear, the Zone Pro goggle, of course, crushing it um, with Justin Brayton and uh, and more uh, out there. So flyracing.com, go to motorsport.com and uh, demand to see the latest and greatest from the folks at Fly Racing. Thank you to Renthal as well. Uh, the winning brand in manufacturing design for the last half century, Renthal continues to lead the world at the very top level of sport, amassing more titles than all the other competing brands combined. Uh, 230 U.S. titles, 223 world titles for 453 major championships and i don't think that counts this year uh fraction of a second a few grams a couple of millimeters it all counts welcome to the winning world of renthal i got something really cool coming from renthal that you will see on my project 500 in the next week or two uh renthal.com for more information and maxis tires a ray uses maxis tires that's all you need to know uh great mountain bike tires the mxsts are great and light truck tires uh, uh trailer tires uh, utv tires maxis.com for more information on that motorsport cobra links all on board with that i'll talk about those guys in a little bit but uh, let's get started talking some canadian moto wrap up uh first up he is uh from AM- amo sanctioning body he is a past canadian national winner he was the voice of so many Canadian motocross TV broadcasts in the past and in the present. GuaranteedMX.com. 
RIP to that site. It's Ryan Gold. What's up, Goldie? I was just going to say, don't visit that site. I don't think it goes anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that, that site is, uh, is done, but, but we like that, to say That it. site yeah. is done, but I, I live on through its memory with all the greatness that it delivered. Yeah, the flood. The flood just uh, coming in my inbox just everywhere. <laughs> it was great. Uh, Flooding the inbox. Also on the line, uh, he this man has won a Canadian national moto. This man is uh, still an active racer. He has retired three to four times and come back every time. Ryan, the new Flockhart. What's up, Newf? Well, I would use active racer pretty loosely. Those days are quickly slipping away from uh, my skill level, but uh, we're still uh, we're still trying to stick stick with it. How's everything at Renthal up there? You are distributing them up in the uh, Great White North. Yeah, it's been good. It's been a good line for us, obviously, to pick up and uh, add to our portfolio of other brands, and it's been. Uh, it's been solid. Couple of Canadian championships this year with Renthal, with GDR Honda, and Cowie. Uh, are, are you a are you a twin wall guy or are you a fat bar guy? I always used to be a twin wall guy, but the stock fat bar that comes on the new Cowie is actually really good. So I've been a fat bar guy all year. Still doesn't help with my arm pump that I get. But right, right, right. I think that's a me a me problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I, w- I would ask Galdi about it, but Galdi's running stock. Stock is best for Ryan Gold. <laughs> blue, blue crew. WC connection. Works connection. Elite perks. That's it. That's, that's all we around. need. G- Galdi, what's it looking like for the World Vets this year? How are we looking? Uh, well, whenever this comes out, not too sure, but about a week, a week from now, uh, present day, present time, there's some announcement in Ontario about the vaccine passport. I'm double vaxxed. Um, so once that comes out, I'm going to make the calls to the public health and everything. Like, I think I can do it. It's going to cost a little extra money for some tests and stuff. It's just a coming back. Like if I come back and I got to quarantine and not see my kids or not be able to help them or whatever for a couple of days and or if they can't go to school or something like that that's where it's going to affect me like going down is i don't think is an issue whatsoever it's the coming back across and what kind of stipulations and there could be some super bitchy psycho mom that calls the school on us or my kid their kids can't come they went to the states or something i don't know you know what i mean well call tom and sheila and get it on get figure it out (laughs) uh i wonder if they still work there um probably that was good that was good times um, well, we'll see. Hopefully it comes down. Noof, we, you, you, uh, no update for you coming down. Well, I think I'm in the same boat as Golly. Yeah. Easy to go down. Not so easy to come back. It's to be honest with you, like one day I think it's fine. And then the next yeah, day I, I hear some, yes. some horror story about some guy that couldn't get a test and then it cost him all this extra money. And it's just, it's really fucked up, man. Yeah. Like I don't even know what I don't even know what to do. Like, I'm you with don't you. Even know what to do, I'm right? on the yeah. fence about the MXDN because if I test positive or I get a false yeah. positive or whatever, I'm there for ten days in Italy. Like I don't know, bro. I got double vaxxed so I could live normal again, and I still don't feel like I can do anything <laughs> oh, normal. Golly's a sheep. He's not a lion. He's a sheep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I follow. I did what they told me. They pulled me into a room and closed my. Covered my eyes. They waterboarded me, and yeah. the next thing I know, I got double vaxxed. Right. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Like we are, we're double vaxxed, so we can live life. Oh no, you can't. You still can't live life. No, you're still done. Uh, yeah. Anyways, let's not get into that too much. Uh, that thanks for doing this. So the Supercross portion just ended, <laughs> and um, I'll talk a little bit about that for sure. Um, injuries struck the the series as a whole, and the Supercross portion wasn't wasn't star studded like I think. The Nationals were a little bit. But first of all, I'll, I'll go with you, Galdi. 
Like I, I just some social media chatter. I don't, I don't really know for sure. I'm asking you: Is it a little much for Supercross for these for the Canadian racers? Is, is should should the series do it? Should they back it down with the tracks a little bit too gnarly? What What was your thoughts on that? I think we're asking a little too much of everything, whether it be the industry and the money they spend, the riders and the time they have to prepare, and the tracks themselves. Like, there's not really anybody up here that is completely educated to make a perfect track. Now, the Gopher track was good; it was fine, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it, and it, it, it don't. I don't think it was any more dangerous than it than it uh, than anything else. But um, you know, the guys are pushing the limits, and you saw like our best Canadian racer outdoors. Yes. He had like a freaking seek a seed uh, practice crash, like a, a bombshell crash yeah. blown the internet up. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's not supposed to crash like that. Now it was a mistake, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but yeah. On, in my opinion, I just, I think we should be like the GPs and strictly stick to outdoor racing. We don't have enough time. There's not enough for testing money and suspension, that kind of stuff. Um, it's not like when I did it in the nineties or when Newf did it, you just you had a stock bike and you went and you can sort of make it work. It's just there's just too much extra that you gotta do to be competitive and and be safe. And mm-hmm. that's just that's my thoughts on it. Uh, and again, the other thing, nobody showed. Yeah. Uh, it was rough. Nobody, yeah. seems to, nobody seems to give a shit. The amateurs I had a nine hundred entry race at the beginning of the year. They had thirty entries at the end thing for amateurs. So the amateurs don't seem to give a shit either. Yeah. And they had a they had a good like amateur track, like they didn't do the big triple in the whoops. Like they made it fun for the amateurs uh-huh. and they still didn't show. So I don't know. Looking at it. Yeah, man. If I was the one cutting checks, I'd be like, Hey boys, you know what? This is dumb. Let's just try trying to make our outdoor series that much better. Well, and, and there's no rock star involved anymore. So you wonder why Newf, why, what was the need for who was crying for a supercross series, a fall supercross series for the series, right? Like, I don't know. Well, I think it, I mean, I agree with everything Galdi says there. Um, I really think it stems back to that the Thompsons slash Jetworks, they have a real soft spot for arena cross slash supercross. And I think that that was always their, you know, they started out trying to do the indoor stuff with arena cross and obviously COVID put a crush to that. But I just like, I'm not probably on so far the side that Galdi is, is that we don't need it and stuff because I do think it is good for our riders to do it. But if they're not going to show, if guys are getting hurt, you know, it just doesn't make sense. And, like, yeah. it, it really didn't look like a lot. I didn't go to those races. But, you know, the tracks, in my opinion, like, there's no wonder why there's nobody showing up for them. Like, I felt that the first weekend, the track was way too difficult for what 95% of our riders can handle. I mean, yeah, of course, Cole Thompson's fine. And, yeah, you know, if Pettis was there, he'd be fine and whatnot. But, like we don't have proper supercross suspension. We don't, the teams don't have the budget to test. They only had a week off in between to ride. The The track was just like way too gnarly, which made for shitty racing, mm-hmm. which, which made for guys getting hurt, i.e. Dylan Wright and only 12 guys showing up. Like we have our arena cross series here in BC, which is Chilliwack. Mm-hmm. Galdi's been there. Steve, you've been there. Yeah. Those tracks are mellow and the racing is good because everybody can ride them so i don't understand why they're trying to build such gnarly like dude that triple the first weekend shot you (laughs) fucking higher than any ama i didn't walk it i didn't even walk it (laughs) (laughs) like i'm this this is gonna i'm like i'm gonna fall is this Diggs's fault whose fault is this uh no I, i i mean he he and he and Justin. i think justin came in and did a little bit of work okay he did the majority of it and then uh 
the one guy that builds builds those vision tracks there's a guy that has like a pretty spec supercross yeah. track like on his cornfield like it's yeah super kind of bizarre um it, but uh he he but like, you know he, he built it so yeah but like i'll go back a couple years ago even to the arena crosses that jetworks held part of the triple crown series like even those tracks weren't great like they weren't proper arena cross tracks take even the dirt out of it it's yeah. like they build like these super straight up and down transitions and it just fucking kills people like it just doesn't right. i don't understand like you know i think people would rather see close racing and battles than some dude go 65 feet high off a triple and come barreling down out of the sky you know what i mean like yeah. that's just my opinion on it it doesn't need to be as gnarly as it was now with saying that watching them on tv i thought the track the second weekend was way better for racing guys looked like even the the, the slower guys in the 250 class looked like they could actually ride it better mm-hmm. um it's almost like they had the rounds mixed up it's like round two <laughs> should have been round one um, a cynic might say this could be the championship that Cole Thompson can get, so that's why they have it. Oh, oh, did, did, I, did I? just. I, I'm just. I, if you're a cynic, you might think that, right? I don't know. A hundred percent. Right. Hundred percent. Right. Hey, how can, Cole, you, how I mean, can you not? Cole's a top ten. You know, back in the day, he was a top ten guy in 250 Supercross, and he's a, a good Supercross rider. So he was. He literally looked like you flew up. Tomac to the series and that, like it was yeah. he was so much better really than good. everybody yeah, yeah. like well, it was it was ridiculous well he got he got a championship so um all right well we'll see what they do with that yeah I, I don't know it didn't I watched a little bit of the highlights I watched Dylan's crash of course and and well, uh, the, yeah. the, the the rumor is right now uh I think it's it's 21 rounds next year <laughs> okay all right. Four, 14 weekends 21 rounds something uh, like that all right is what I've heard so far yeah yeah great um all right, let's get into the outdoor stuff. Uh, I guess overall, Galdi, let's talk overall. Again, uh, uh, stuck to the East Coast, um, COVID stuff. Uh, but it did look like a better series than last year. Uh, it looked like a little bit more variety. Um, they did the one moto thing. Um, I, I, think it, I think it was a better series than last year, but still, you know, uh, not, not, not what it needs to be. But that's not their fault. That's nobody's fault but the world we live in now. I think it, it seemed better. Uh, I would say, like, if they just started last year and they had that and they went to this year, they made a 500% increase. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it was way better. Uh, the television side was better. There was more staff, a little more help on things. They they, they were able to fit um, everything in. The idea of the, the three-moto format at Walton was pretty cool for the fans. Mm-hmm. I don't think any I don't think any racer liked it. Um, but, uh, I, I, I believe that too. I have to agree with you, man. I, I, I think they really did way better with what they had COVID dealings, all that kind of yeah. stuff. It was pretty loose. Like there wasn't a lot of restrictions as, as far as the nationals go. And they had so uh, many mutters last year too. Like it was just yeah, mutters, exactly. right? Like it wasn't yeah. their fault, but yeah, it just, yeah. I mean the, the Quebec round, the Deschambeau round, it was like, we hadn't been, uh, it was just like it was in the nineties or the early millennium. There was thousands of people there. Mm-hmm. zero restrictions parking was awful um you couldn't bring you couldn't bring beer on the property unless you bought their beer from on the property like it, it was just it was just like you know going to alverton in freaking 99 or whatever deschambeau in 03 like it's right it's uh so that that was kind of cool and i yeah hats off to the guys they they pulled off uh, another year with kind of all the restrictions stuff but it was definitely better for sure Noof, what'd you think 
Yeah, no, 100% better. I mean, being at all the outdoor rounds last year and then this year, I mean, it was a huge step in the right direction. Um, I thought everything was better. It felt like you were actually at a national at some of them, like Quebec, for example. Walton was good um, with having the fans and stuff there again, you know, people lining the fences and, and whatnot. I think there was like three or 4,000 people at at the Quebec round, which for us was pretty, was pretty big. So obviously kind of gave it that national feel again. Um, you know, the depth as far as the classes was still weak and maybe yeah. that's just where we're at. I, I'm not, I, I don't really have an answer for that. I mean, there's no question there wasn't very much money to be made. I mean, it was, the purse was cut and everything like that. So I don't think there really, there was, the purse was 100% payback. Oh, okay. So well, there, that was, there you go. That's very cut. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, there was the Monday. So with the Monday round was at, at Deschambeau, and that was probably the most bizarre thing. I felt like we were in the Middle East at a GP with 20 dudes on the gate and no spectators. We lost so many riders because they had to work on Monday. Like our 450 class, 80% of the field is working people. So... It, there was some weird things about it, but they were trying to get the rounds in. And like I said, yeah, yeah, they made the best of what they had to work with once again. And um, it was a step in the right direction. Not perfect by any means, but definitely better than previous years. Yeah, it seemed like it to me from the outside looking in, right? And and, uh, and hopefully next year is go back west and, and the whole deal, right? But, yeah. um, you know, I guess we'll see. Uh, Dylan Wright was our preseason pick <laughs> for all of us, and Dylan Wright came through, but... Maybe not as easier as we thought, Galdi. Uh, Jess Pettis, of course, gave him a run, came back from a bad crash at the final round uh, to gut out second in the series. But um, uh, if you take if, you, if he's one hundred percent for the for for Walton and he's one hundred percent for the round before that, um, it's a lot closer than we think. I think, Galdi. Uh, oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, if you kind of go back to our first pod, we all were kind of like, "Yeah, Dylan's got it," but we were questioning his knee that he hurt at my local race. Um, he got hurt at the very first race and like, okay, what? And then if Pettis wasn't riding, I was kind of leaning towards Welton a little bit because of that. But then, you know, out of the gate, Dylan Wright and, and, and Pettis were the guys. And I was impressed with Pettis, man. I did not think that he would be able to go that raw speed right away in the series. I figured it would take him maybe two, three rounds, but, um, maybe it was the Friday, like with the shorter motos that Friday, the three moto format thing kind of helped him a little bit to kind of, oh, okay, I'm, I'm still pretty good at this and I'm not that hurt and I'm, I'm pretty healthy. And, um, but man, yeah, I, I, Dylan Wright had his, and going into that last or into that Monday moto, or I can't remember if it, it was a Sunday got hurt, right? Newf, I think it was a, no, it was the Monday yeah. moto. Monday moto, he got hurt. It was the Monday. Yeah. So in, in that Monday moto, they were only, I think Pettis had a four point lead yeah going into that moto and then he, and yeah. then he crashed. Right. So coming to Walton, we were going to have two classes within, you know, a half a dozen points. Yeah, I think um, Newf uh, Pettis was better than we thought. Oh, like way better than we thought. I mean, the, the whole thing on our preseason pod was like, it was no secret that he didn't have a whole lot of time. on. Well, at least we thought we, he didn't have a whole right. lot of time on the bike. And um, man, he came out firing. He whole shot it and Golly would know the stats better than I would. But his whole shot average was like, man, he pulled almost every start. And Dylan sucked balls on the start. Like, his starts were terrible all mm-hmm. year. And Pettis could get out front and kind of sprint. But, you know, Dylan had to work for that thing. And it would have been real close coming down to the wire. I still think Dylan would have came out on top 
most likely in the end if Pettis didn't get hurt. But like there was man, Dylan had Dylan went into a creek, like buried himself and got tra- like he just had some weird stuff happen to him, like major <laughs> That's crashes. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah, like he he completely destroyed a motorcycle one lap into practice at Deschambeau and was trapped under the bike in three feet of water, like just some really crazy things. And I don't think you know with Dylan's knee, he didn't he missed a, a lot. You know, it was a new bike for GDR this year with the Honda, um, the new 450. Not as much testing suspension was a little bit off but he had no time to dude his body was wrecked like his knees were beat his hand you know there's a lot of things going on and Pettis just kind of you know smooth completely different riding styles yep. so but to answer your question Pettis man like wow way better than I thought on the 450 especially just right out of the get-go with not a lot of prep yeah that thing for Pettis for next year that's off already that was on now it's off again so yeah yeah i listened to your show there right, uh yeah, who knows? yeah. but uh, doesn't he uh, doesn't i mean doesn't he have another deal on his ktm contract or for I don't next know. year for that, ktm wouldn't that bite be, that thing in the butt that'd be i don't know yeah I don't, I, I don't know yeah um yeah pettis's crash was nasty also um yeah uh yeah he was it seemed like you're right noof uh the the the, the dichotomy between the two riders styles pretty interesting to watch right like yeah dylan is loose <laughs> Dylan's charging. He's he's you know a little bit hanging off the bike, and Pettis is very robot like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dylan had like last year. I felt Dylan was a lot more smooth and in control, and kind of that four fifty you know veteran rider. This year had signs of Dylan Wright from like twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Twenty fifteen, right. twenty seventeen. Um, he was real loose at times, but holy shit, man! When he threw down, he would be fast like watching rewatching the motos on tv and like you know galdi and kyle be like oh dylan got into the lead and then he'd drop a lap time that was like three seconds a lap faster than everybody else at the 20 minute mark um so i think he had him beat on outright speed but man he started like outside of the top 10 almost every moto um yeah what which which hurt him when they were healthy pettis was beating him in leads overall wins three to two you know when they were all good and yeah then, and then the crash happened right um yeah Galdi Welton was this is what Marshall Welton's first year in 450s. You were you were high on him. Um, got an overall win. Got a lot of podiums. Well, it was only at the podium once. Uh, tied Pettis. Obviously, Pettis missed one race, but he tied Pettis for second overall. Uh, a good season for Marshall Welton. I would say 100. percent I uh, I mean, you know, to to beat Dylan was a stretch for sure. Um, but uh, I I would say like if, if he's at home right now, I think this is a exactly what he was hoping for getting a win tasting laps or leading laps and tasting a victory and being on the podium made some good money um i would see i would say a no-brainer he's back next year and in the title a title hunt chatter for sure i would say the only thing he's missing is that um he's he's got all the skills and everything but his raw speed compared to pettis and Wright was just not quite there he's right. more of a more of like he, a, a yeah, fill kind of he, guy right like he's a, a he's a grinder, he's a grinder. right yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah where those guys are just they're, man, they could carry so much outside line speed, and it was like the one line for the one uh, race at uh, Gopher Dunes, what it was, where Dylan came back, and actually him and Marshall hit. Um, I can't remember if that was the Friday or the Sunday, but uh, there was like an outside line where Dylan, I swear to God, he passed, like Lou said, he got bad start. He passed 30 riders in <laughs> one turn. Like it was just the, the, the ability for them to find that raw outside line thing. I think Marshall was more of like a – a stab and shoot rider, and he just quite could yeah. adapt. Almost maybe like what uh, um, I can't remember which one I was listening to one of your shows where they were talking about how Cooper 
started like uh, Cooper Webb started yeah. going outside and and carrying that speed instead of tucking down underneath like he does a supercross. And I think that's what Welton was kind of going through. And he he started to pick it up kind of towards the end of it, but it, it just was a little too late as far as championship goes. I think that team take took a step up this year, right? Like they didn't. There it seemed like it was pretty I mean, solid. I, I would say it's the same. Their, their bikes oh, okay. were good last year. Gerke oh, okay. and Tyler Medallia, right? They won some motos and were consistent. I think Gerke had one DNF last year at Gopher, but that was um, kind of a okay. fluky one. All but right. I, I, I would say it was pretty equal. Uh, I don't know if Welton's coming back next year, Noof, but, I mean, Galdi's, Galdi's wife, I mean, the, the, the number of Instagram posts of Marshall, uh, there were a lot of them. Noof. He was very good to my children. He was he my, was my, very good to your whole family. It looks like my yeah. my wife has a soft spot for this uh, this status card. I think try to get out of this country. <laughs> Dual citizenship. I mean, I, yeah. I saw more photos on her Instagram of Marshall than I did of Goldie. I'm just saying, Noof. Yeah. Do we, do well, we... the, the the photo she has of me, we can't share on Instagram. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, Noof, do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, there's a lot of Marshall photos. Yeah, the Marshall. Yeah, Marshall was uh, was weaseling his way right in there. Barbecues. Yeah. Golf games with Galdi. Oh yeah. Spending spending the night and yeah, yep. we were buddies. Oh buddies. yeah. Yeah. Real tight there. Um, Doors always open for our American friends. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Welton did really well. Uh, third, uh, th- I guess third because he lost the Pettis had more overall wins, right? Um, and and then so we think those three guys are all coming back next year, new for the for the same teams and everything, right? We, I would think so. Yeah. I think the only question mark is obviously Pettis will be back with with KTM and Dylan back with Honda. You know, it's like the Cowie team, I always feel like coming to the offseason, a bit of a question mark on are they coming back? Is it worth it? I mean, they don't – it's kind of more of a passion type right. thing for them to, to run this program. But, you know, I think that the results this year, you know, even going to Darien in the 250, which we'll talk about here in a bit, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it was a success for them. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't see why Marshall wouldn't be back. I mean, he's the obvious choice for me. Um, to come back, and and he he was solid. Uh, Cole Thompson fourth. He seems like Galdi. His outdoor stuff is getting worse the last few years. Uh, you say that, and then you see what he does at Walton in the two motos, and he dogged Dylan for twenty twenty five minutes in both motos, going two two. So maybe it's just cover, but I, his his demeanor and his, and then he also he rode all week long in the amateur race, like at, at the trans camp. Why? So, what was he doing? Riding vet classes or something? Yeah, he rode like plus twenty five. He okay. rode plus twenty five. So just it just for fun. And of course, him and Dylan actually got into it in the first moto. It was pretty funny, um, or the youth class, or where the pro class, or whatever it was. But anyway, he, he seems like he doesn't do it or like it. But then he's got so much skill towards it. But the the indoor stuff, it just comes so easy to him. It's so simple. The grind is something that I don't believe he's super down to do as much anymore. And um, but I, I know when you say worse, he. His, he did get a sixth and one, but he was on the podium, what, one, two times. Uh, rest or fourth, it, I guess the fourth in Canadian moto is not what he wants, but right. it's, still a pretty, it's still a pretty good year. Yeah, he's definitely – I mean, he's good at a Walton. We know that. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. I mean, he's uh, – God, he's so freaking good at Supercross, and he, he just doesn't seem – it looks like he doesn't want to put the effort in, but he still goes fast. So, it, I, there's a big question mark on him next summer, right? I mean, the rumor at the Supercross races was literally that they're going to have a Supercross-only contract, and that's when everybody started talking about the 21 rounds, which is going to mm-hmm. be like, 
you know, five arena crosses and five super crosses. Oh, I thought you were outdoors. kidding. I thought you were joking. No, I'm serious, oh, man. They had a really? meeting. They had a meeting, and some of the managers told me, like, not all, some of them, like, I talked to Kevin Tyler, and they're like, they're talking 21 rounds. And then I went out for dinner with Kanger and Daryl Murphy, and they're like, I'm like, hey, did you guys hear about this 21 rounds? Like, yeah, that's what they're talking. I'm like, holy shit. Oh, wow. So, Jesus. Okay. Jesus. Wow. So, uh, I don't know where and when and what, but uh, they're talking about doing like indoor stuff in like April and then going outdoors. And at least that's where it's at. But none of the team managers were drinking the Kool-Aid. They want to do just indoors. Right. From what I gather right now. Outdoors. Or sorry, outdoors. Yeah, yeah. outdoors, sorry. Um, Would KTM, is KTM bringing Cole Thompson back? Do we know? Is is there another year in a deal? Do they? His deal is done. His deal is done. Okay. Um, But uh, yeah, so I don't know if they're bringing him back or not. This this is when we'll start hearing things. Right. New they signed Piccolo. They signed Piccolo. Yeah, we'll I heard that. Right, Piccolo is going to get that step yeah. up a little bit. You'll like that. You'll like the story. We'll get into okay. it. Okay. All about right, uh, Noof, uh, you were around Galdi all year long. What? How was he handling T Dags this season? Like, how how did that go? How, what what what? How was he okay, or was he heartbroken a lot? Or <laughs> no, I think that uh, he handled it. I mean, I it's pretty quiet. Pretty quiet overall. He got better at the end. Whole... He got better at the end, but Tyler get... was not. Uh, didn't look to me to be as competitive as usual. I, I was just shocked that T Dags did the whole series again. I thought the whole plan was for him not to do right the whole series, and that was the whole deal with him kind of doing what he wanted and some off road races and this and that. But he kind of was just back doing what he was normally doing before, um, just out of a smaller type setup. So it was a little bit strange for me, but I mean. It was good that he was there. I mean, he, yeah. there was there was motos where he was kind of in the mix, and then there was motos where he was like at the end of the front pack, right. quite a ways back. Right. So I wouldn't say that it was his series was definitely worse this year than last year for me. Um, but it was still cool that he was was there. But there was no glimpses in my eyes where it was like holy shit t Deggs is you know running yeah. up front but he did get some podiums at the end which he did get better and, and whatnot yeah. so um yeah, it was okay Goldie, how how was it for you was it tough i had a few moments where i was tough to sleep yeah yeah i was your, I was your hero your hero is you know showed. I was struggling uh but i actually i got a good i had a good chat with him when he got back from his isdes um thing there and we just were texting back and forth and I honestly think I don't know if this was his best year as far as money went, but that shop and the gas gas contingency and like the program that has got put together for him, he did really good this year. Like as far as making money, oh. um, so I mean I don't know if he got paid for the sevenths and fifths, but the podiums were paid him really good. And then he did a couple of those Quebec off road races. He's making money. He the guys he got fully looked after to go down to all those American ones that he's or well that one American one or two American ones he did and. Anyway, I just I, I I think that the schedule just catered to him, and that's why he ended up doing them all. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you know, T Dags is T Dags. He's solid. So he he's heading to this nations. I believe he's probably the only guy in the world that was able to go to Italy two weeks ago, come home, and then go back to Italy again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's in. He's yeah. he's the leader. He is waving the Canadian flag proud. I think it'll be his ninth or tenth time riding for Canada. That, that, yeah, that it's right. uh, the he's he's, a, he's an icon in that uh, aspect. Uh, Liam O'Farrell six. This is a guy that just works a regular job, sixth overall in the, in the points. Uh, good job for Liam, right? He just yeah, he, he's. He's good. He's I think dead. Liam was. I think Liam was even better this year than last year. I mean, he was closer 
at times to, I mean, maybe his results were very similar to last year, but he was closer to the front this year for, for me anyways, just to, to watch it. Um, but pretty incredible that he can still keep plugging away like that and be a solid, you know, yep. top seven guy. And Moff started a bit slow and then got hurt, Galdi. It looked like Moff was a little um, off the pace to start. Yeah, for sure off the pace. He did get the one podium at Gopher uh, in the sand in a moto. But, yeah, he just he, he just was not fast enough for those those guys that were at the front. He just could not hang with the right Pettis Welton trio unless something happened to him when he did get that one podium. But mm-hmm. he just did not seem to have any of that raw speed. He was consistent. He was fast. He's, you know, he, he doesn't. it's not time to be like, oh, I should retire. I just suck out there. But like he was not even near what those those three guys were doing at the front. Poor hot dog vendor. Was it his team that drug him down? You think? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No way, man. Blue Crew, but it's just, uh, yeah, good point. Yeah. Just it just paints paints winners and champagne on the dirt bike. Um, and then uh, Meston got hurt. Trombley, Tim Trombley uh, came back for a little bit. Uh, Snowcross guy. Uh, <coughs> what else? Am he I, was good. Uh, he I was think good. He, yeah. He would. Uh, he was gonna podium at that Dacian Bow until he had an absolute enormous get off. Um, the but, um, the weirdest result from the Canadian Nationals is no doubt Mitch Cook showing up at the final round and getting eighth. Like I, I what the hell, <laughs> Mitch Cook is back. Well, I actually, I actually thought Galdi and I were talking before. I thought he was actually going to do better than eighth. I mean, coming into the last round after Deschambault with Pettis getting hurt and Trombley getting hurt and Moff getting hurt, that took out three guys that would be, and Meston and Meston. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought he was going to go like. Six six and Pettis was a question mark coming in. Right, I mean, right. he did ride, but um, seriously, like no disrespect to the guys that were getting like tens and elevens and twelves at the end of it. But man, it was yeah, it was pretty. It was like our two fifty Supercross East this year, <laughs> that, kind of. Yeah. You know, yeah, that those moto finishes give Mitch Cook number fifty three for next it, year. <laughs> unbelievable eighth place. <laughs> and who the hell is Anthony Spadaccini or something? Spadaccini. He's, uh, he's, he's out. He's out the Ottawa way. Oh, one good last born and name. Raised kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Anthony, Anthony Spadaccini. We call him Anthony Spaghetti sometimes on TV. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I mean, our, our four fifty class was very similar to. U.S. 450 outdoor class the last few rounds. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was, you can't knock a top 10. A top 10 is a top 10, yeah. regardless of who's there or who's not. I mean, those guys showed up, but there was some top 10s in there where guys won't sniff the top 10 next year, in my opinion. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, it is what it is, and they, they earned it and they got the results. So you got to be there to, to get it. Some guy named T. Parrot. T E E Parrot. Yeah, he got a top 10 and then yeah. broke his back in the next moto. Oh, so, Jesus. Yeah, that's oh, how wow. it kind of went. <laughs> uh, so that's 450 class, uh, the recap. And so we all picked right, and we were all right, but we, it was uh, it was closer than all of us thought it would be. That's for sure. Pettis was, was solid. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, thanks to the folks at motorsport.com. Free shipping on anything over 79 bucks. OEM and aftermarket parts over there. I've built, been getting a bunch of stuff for my Project 500 from the guys at motorsport.com. They get a dedicated team of gearheads over there. Go through the banner on pulpamex.com or pulpamexshow.com to help us out. We'd really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, great company, great guys, fast shipping, um, great re- return policy. And, yeah, motorsport.com, thank you to those guys. And Cobo Links, of course, uh, myself, 
Galdi and Newf are not uh, of shorter stature. But if you are and you want to have uh, you want to increase your plushness, get some confidence uh, with your bike, improve your cornering, get a lower center of gravity. Cobalinks.com, 15% off any link and free U.S. shipping by using the code PulpMX. Cobalinks.com, built in Boise, ridden and raced everywhere. They're lowering suspension links for everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. Used by trail riders, motocross racers, and adventure tours. And they're based in Boise, Idaho. So thanks you to Cobalinks. Uh, Unrental, Maxis, all on board with us. Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast, flyracing.com. Uh, please check it out. Newf will be all fly racing next year. Head to toe is the word that I hear out on the street. So pay, pay attention to that. Um, all right, 250 class. This thing was nutty. Uh, Tanner Ward, Marco Canella were the two guys that all of us on this line – uh, before the season started, said that these guys will be the guys. They're they're going to go. They're going to go to the end. They're going to fight. And by the end of the series, they were nowhere near the front. Uh, Tanner Ward got hurt right away. Canella had a so-so season. We'll get into that in a second. But the final round, Jake Piccolo, uh, Darian and I, and Ryder McNabb. What was it? Uh, four points, Newf, or what? What was it going in the final? Well, round? it was six. It was six points. I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, it ended at four points, I think, was the difference between when it was it all was, said and done. It was, it was three. McNabb was three back. Sanai was seven back. And Ward was 11 back going into the first moto at Walton. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, nutty race. So, Newf, of course, yeah. you had Manitoba's uh, great hope in your hands, two overall wins. Um, and, and he had the points lead for most of the year, huh? Well, yeah, I mean, after Ward went out, yeah, after Ward went out, it went back and forth. I mean, one because of how the series ran with Saturday rounds and Sunday rounds and Friday rounds and Sundays, I was changing a lot of fucking red plates back and forth. Because the craziest thing for me was is like even being as the quote unquote mechanic and obviously pulling for Manitoba's rider McNabb, mm-hmm. I literally didn't know what was going to happen every single. I mean, and of course, you never know because it's racing, but. McNabb, Ward, Canella, Sinai, and Piccolo were so fucking close yeah. in speed. And, you know, one was a good starter, one was a shitty, one had more speed than the other. But, man, it was like you literally couldn't predict who was going to win. Like, even it didn't – lap times didn't mean anything in practice because the motos were so nutty. Guys were, <laughs> you know, sending it. Yeah. It was It was really, really exciting to be – a fan of the sport, um, but stressful at the same time because, like, man, yeah. those guys. There was a lot of red plate. I mean, Ward had the red plate, Piccolo had the red plate, uh, McNabb had the red plate, and it went back and forth the whole series. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Tanner kind of lost touch a little bit after Sandali had a really shitty round, and um, for McNabb, he had a really bad go for dunes on the Sunday. Uh, lot, was going for the win in the first moto, lost his crash, lost yep. his goggles, got dirt in the eyes, was seeing double going in the second moto. And for me, that was the turning point of the championship for him. I got a sixth overall or a sixth in a moto, which really yep. killed him because you couldn't have that sixth in a moto because that would be the – the points were so close the whole time. Yeah, so go, yep. go ahead. One moto – literally was the difference like the red plate was changing moto to moto towards the end of the series so uh yeah galdi great class i i am I'm, i feel like i'm safe to say this might be the best 250 championship 125 back in our day ever like really? i honestly yeah. can never yeah. i honestly don't think i've ever recall one that had five riders this close 
Um, I we could go back to maybe like oh one Noof. Um, uh-huh. he had like Smale and uh, on the West Coast there's Smale, Hagseth, Hamblin, uh, Rusty Holland. No, he was two fifty there. But right, like, you know, it's, it, yeah. yeah, Darcy. Like it was there. Like the the list of names back then might have been a bit thicker as far as recognition goes. But Jesus, these kids were just sending it, and every second they were on the track. And yeah, like we've said, you could not predict anything. Uh, Ward gets the red plate, then it's the McNabb, then it's the Piccolo, then it's back to McNabb, then it's the Piccolo, then Sanai all of a sudden shows up, and and uh, it was it was awesome on a fan standpoint. If you knew how points worked every time he got up in a moto, like we said it a lot on TV, it was great adding him up. Oh my God, he's up three now, he's down four, and it was. Uh, I, I think I feel like I'm safe to say this is the best 250 series that Canada has ever seen. Uh, For me, yeah, go ahead. Just one second, like it was to touch on what Galdi was saying, like. After Sandalee uh, going into Deschambeau, uh, Piccolo, after the first moto or the first day at Deschambeau, kind of had the control. McNabb did shitty. Ward was kind of like, okay. I think Canella was in there, which obviously was – Canella turned into a point stealer at the end of it because he was kind of out of the championship. And then Sinai kind of comes back into it. But Piccolo has like 12 points going into the Monday at Deschambeau. And we're kind of like, oh, shit, you know, he's been so solid on the start. Well, he's out in front, and then all of a sudden, it's like, what the hell's going on with Piccolo? What's going on with Piccolo? His fucking brake tip (laughs) breaks off on his rear brake, and he just starts going back in the pack. And then McNabb kind of gets up in there, and then, you know, his 12-point lead going into the, you know, three motos to go, all of a sudden shrinks down to four because Piccolo gets a six in a moto because his brake tip breaks off on his rear brake and it's like how the hell does that happen so it just was full of surprises and and what the hell's gonna happen right hey and in that moto sorry to interrupt but julian bennett got fifth which is a sky racing teammate and you know there was no like team tactics saying hey make sure you let ben, let piccolo back by oh. fifth. so like if he had a loss of series by one point it would have been <laughs> just a full blow up under the tent kind of. It was it was crazy, man. Like there's endless stories we could talk about this series for years to come. Well, I was I was all over the team tactics thing, man. I was fucking looking at everybody's pit board. What's gonna happen? <laughs> I thought it was gonna get real crazy, especially when when Benick went by by Piccolo. I'm like, oh my god! Like, and it was crazy. late in the moto too. Like it was maybe oh, yeah. three laps to go or something. Like it wasn't you know with 20 minutes left or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah and, and Piccolo is a national champion. I mean, Golly, you, you're sort of the historian of Canadian moto. Like, is there a more unlikely champion than Jacob Piccolo um, starting the series? Like, can you think of another guy that won the t- title that was – I mean, he's fifth or Randy sixth. Randy Valade. Oh, oh. Valade, yeah. Valade yeah. and Holmans. Holmans and Holman, 01, Yeah, right? Holmans, yeah. Holmans and 01 and Valade 03 would probably be – one, I, I guess you could even say Hamblin in 2000. Nobody knew who the hell he was when he got that ride. Yeah. After Bob Bobby Bonds got so sorry to burst your bubble. I've got a few names. Well, and, okay, uh, yeah. I was just saying, like, like, like but, Piccolo's like fifth or sixth on the championship. I mean, I if you go back to the preseason pod, I I picked them, so I I established myself there. I picked them for the title, but <laughs> but um, just don't go back and listen. But you know what I mean? He, he's. <laughs> He's fifth or sixth on a list of title contenders uh, going in. And, and good job. Well, it, oh. perfect example, KTM Canada didn't hire him. Yeah, yeah. They did not make him the 250 guy. And then on uh, – Nathan know this better than me, but on like round three or four, KTM Canada decides to step in and give him a motor. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, KTM kind of took the reins of that program a little bit, not to take anything away from two trick here, but yeah, I mean, they were once Piccolo started winning and once he had that red plate, KTM kind of came in pretty good. You know, the team manager was hanging out over there all the time. They were running their special fuel and motors. They had Pettis's motors from last year and whatnot. But for me, the Piccolo thing, it, it was a surprise, but yet not because Galdi would agree with this. He showed the speed last year. I mean, he had crazy speed. Um, he did have podiums last year, but his biggest thing was two things. He was out of shape and he was definitely not consistent mm-hmm. since he's been on fifties. I mean, he's always had speed and, um, our buddy Phil texted me this winter and said, your boy Piccolo, man, you watch for him. Like, Phil oh yeah, no, it. trust Phil me. He was, was yeah, he was calling us too. Yeah. Yeah. He was. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know, is he in shape? And he's like, not yet, but he's going to be. And the crazy thing with Piccolo for me and he, he was weird on the track and, and Galdi would have seen this probably more than, more than me because he was doing the TV, but Piccolo, if he didn't have it, he would look behind and just check up. Like he let guys go by this year and like motos where he was winning. Like really, he, really? it was, it was yeah. really weird. It's like, if he didn't feel comfortable, he fucking just checked up. He was looking behind. He'd be looking behind him on the first lap. Who's back there. I don't feel right. And he go for dunes. He got fifth or sixth. He was leading got fifth or sixth in the first moto, then comes out and just dominates the second moto. He wins by almost a minute. Like, it was yeah. just really bizarre. When he felt it, he felt it was like yeah, a yeah. little bit Eli wow. Tomac-ish yeah, in yeah. a sense where when he was on, he was on. Nobody could touch him. But there was a lot of motos where he didn't feel it, so he just took a yeah. second, third, or even fourth. Right. Yeah. Weird. Wow. That's that. And you know what? Seriously, I've made a lot of jokes about Sky Racing and Two Tricks team, and I mean, has anybody left there super stoked? Probably not, right? Um, you know, the riders over the years. Uh, riders have quit midseason. Riders have not been happy, et cetera, et cetera. But props to the team, man. Uh, props to Al and the Sky Racing team. They, you know, uh, w- with or without KTM Canada's help, they, they won a national championship. So good job. And, yeah. I, and they, uh, sorry to interrupt me, but I, I, so I learned at the Supercross round, so the Sky Racing team, Sky pulled all their money uh, before the series started, before our door started. Oh, wow. I, I don't know what the number yeah, was. Yeah, I didn't yeah. get that out of Al, but he said, yeah, man, they just last minute said they, they couldn't do it or uh, didn't want to do it. And then the Vista Properties, uh, this other company that Al works with, they are the ones that stepped up and helped sort of pick up yeah. the remaining amount of the tab. Um, so if you were listening to the final um, episodes of the TV show, because I never got this information before. I was calling it the MVP Vernon Motorsports KTM yeah. on KTM for Piccolo because Al's like, hey, if you don't mind, I'm like, no problem, dude. Whatever right, you right. Say, right? Jeez. Sort of thing. So um, I don't believe that Sky will be involved next year. Right, right, right. Sky can took off into the sky. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, yeah, no. So good job to the team and, and Jake Piccolo. He's a national champion. It, it, crazy to me. Um, Sanai started slow, got better, uh, got really better by the end. Noof? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Sinai really got worked at the first the first Walton. Walton won. I was kind of like... Well, he was... He, remember, uh, he was Galdi's guy, too. <laughs> Galdi was big on Sinai. <laughs> well, I mean, it would be hard not to be. I mean, he has the experience. He's got GP experience. He's got U.S. experience. He's had results. I mean, on paper, he was the biggest name guy coming into the series, in a, in a sense, as far as, you know international type racing but and he has some previous canadian experience as well i think he did a couple nationals back in the day but anyways regardless he got fucking worked in the first first uh at the first walton i mean 
he started up front and kind of went backwards and looked like he got tired and, and this and that, but he slowly got better. Those three fifteens on the, on the Sunday at Walton definitely helped him. He won one of them. Um, but I just kind of thought he wasn't in shape, but Gopher Dunes came and he got a little bit better. And then Sandalee a little bit better. He would have won a moto, I think is Sandalee, but he fell. Um, if that thing yeah. had gone, if that thing had gone a couple more rounds, like maybe even one more round, I think Sanai was the favorite because we were all kind of going like Sanai's the danger man coming into right. Walton. I mean, he's he's whatever he was six or nine back or six back, um, but had the momentum on his side and was really strong at Deschambeau. But I think it's success for him. Um, I had talked to Chad, the team manager, the other day on the phone. I said. The biggest thing for Sanai, he actually finished a series. He's never really done that, whether it be GPs, Supercross, U.S. Nationals. Um, he's very injury-prone, and I just think that he was just a little bit off with his prep, and I know they were struggling with some bikes and stuff coming in. They didn't have practice bikes. They were practicing on 450s and stuff like that. But anyways, yeah, he was good. I thought a, a successful year for him, and he was really nice to Piccolo at Walton. He had opportunities did he? Uh, yeah, Galdi for sure that he had all oh, yeah. but he was really nice. And for me on the sidelines, wanting McNabb to win, obviously I'm like fucking clean. Like I'm thinking, just clean them out, clean both of them out. Cause that's, <laughs> that's how, that's how it got. But anyways, he didn't do it. He was the mature one and, uh, and whatnot. So, yeah, no second place for Sinai Ryder McNabb third. That's your guy, Manitoba zone future national champion, right? Right. He's got, oh, it. I would, yeah, I, I mean, for sure. I, I don't know what their – I mean, their long-term plan is not to be up here a whole lot longer. Right. I mean, I think he should probably do one more season up here and try to win a championship. But Jesus, man, like we lost that championship on – I say we, but he lost that championship on Sunday at Walton in the first 10 feet of that moto. He starts fucking 27th on the first for, – like yeah. his starts – Steve, your start at Glen Helen at the World Vets, that was him every <laughs> moto. Every moto. And I just like, oh, I just couldn't, we just couldn't talk about it anymore. It was like one of those things that's yeah, just yeah. like, the, it's like trying to discipline your kid. The more you talk about it, the more it yeah, just did, it gets it in there. The yeah. yeah. And yeah. you know, he whole shots one moto at Gopher Dunes and he wins. And the, like for me, like if he just could have started in the top 10, like, God, that championship was his for, in my eyes, anyways. It's just his starts, wrecked him. Um, he couldn't fix them. I don't know what it is. If it's a mental thing, if it's me packing the gate, shitty. It could be probably, my fault. I probably, yeah. He wants me to pack the gate every time. I'm like, dude, we got to try something different because this is not. You're a good starter, Noof. You're a good starter. Yeah, you, you, I you... wanted to start the goddamn race for him every <laughs> moto. Like, I feel like I feel like it would have been better, Steve. If I could, we could have did this. If I could have done the start, stop and switch, he still would have been higher than twenty-seven. Some of these. Starts. <laughs> I don't know if that's legal, but yeah, yeah. I don't think it's legal. Anything's but... legal in Canada. There's yeah, no good point. That. Good point. Yeah, yeah. We'll make something up. We'll make yeah. it up. Oh um, my god! <laughs> is this is this a uh, new for you? Is this going to be like a skip Norfolk, Jeremy McGrath thing where you you you're working for him forever? No. I this year, like honestly, and 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 I spent all summer with Golly. Golly knows it was stressful for me. I'm not. It got last year was cool because he was still an intermediate. Yeah. We were running basically stock bikes. We weren't putting top ends in bikes between rounds, and uh, that this year was over 
uh, it was not fun for me. I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously it was fun yes, for me, but yeah. um, you know, in the mechanics area and, and all the, you know, pre-moto stuff. And that's what I was there for. But, dude, we had a fire drill on the line at Deschambeau. And I had was shaking so bad. He had a fuel line leak and I had to replace this O-ring and this tiny and I couldn't fucking move my hands. Like was, I was a little bit out of my comfort zone. Like, <laughs> um, we, we made it through, but I literally had another mechanic from the shop that was kind of like the assistant yeah. <laughs> type thing. And he was doing the top ends and I was doing, you know, the clutches and the, and the wheels and the tires and the, all the basic stuff. But he, uh, if he wanted he, he needs he needs somebody uh, a little bit better on the the wrenches than me. That's, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Sure right, that, right. So. Wow. All right. When he started when he started winning, like when he won that first moto at at Walton, I'm like, oh fuck, yeah. like this is gonna be this is this is gonna be a, a, a long. Summer. Now this is gonna be serious. <laughs> it, yes, very, very. Oh man, that's. <laughs> but it was cool. It yeah. was cool winning oh, motos. Yeah. I mean, that's something that like. As a racer, I've only ever won once. Yeah. As a mechanic, I've won way more, yeah. way, way more success on the results side as a as a quote unquote mechanic, which is has been cool. But as you know, Steve, I mean, when your riders winning, it adds stress to the program. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Tanner Ward uh, started off strong, and you know, it was for us, we all said Ward or Canella going in. Uh, he started off strong, and then he had a big one, right? Somewhere along the line. Uh, I don't think he had a. I thought he no, had a big one. I thought his he hit his head come right till the very, very end. No, he was no. good all year. He just he didn't get hurt at all. He he no. had a big one at Gopher Dunes at the preseason race. No, maybe that's what race. I'm thinking of. Then yeah, I don't no, know. coming into this, but then he won the, the first two, so he's fine. Yeah, the first. Remember the first Gopher race, my race, wiped out the whole team. Yeah, that's right. Um, right? They had knees, McNabb, everybody. So so really, just him and Canella just weren't there. Or? Like, I honestly think, and if you're, you always say put this in a vacuum, you put this thing in a vacuum, you guys. I don't think when it comes down, there's something mentally not strong enough for those guys because they're more than fast. They have the tools, they have the bikes, they got every single fucking thing you need. But when they get into a situation where it's time to make it happen, it, I just it's something it's something they just don't get the start or they just can't find that raw speed. Like Tanner Ward won the first two overalls. Yes, it was only it was a one four and a one three or whatever it was. It wasn't a one one. I'm like, okay, this kid's done. He's got it this year. And then he goes three four four for the next three races. I'm just like, what the? F- how the fuck did you do that? Right. Yeah. yeah kind of thing. I just I, I don't know what it is. And he did it in Supercross. He was he should have won the Supercross series. Well, maybe not won it, but he should have won more. He won one round, and he yeah. was like a fifth or seventh place. He was crashing all over the place. And then he goes to Hangtown. Yes, the, the field's depleted. And he gets an 18th in a motor. Like, that's pretty impressive. Just showing up, driving the country. You know, like, yeah, yeah. the kid has got speed and the, and the gifts and the talent. But I don't know. There's something about the word championship that for him and Canella, if it isn't the amateur scene, it's something's just not vibing that way. And it, it's fucking frustrating as a fan of theirs. I'll tell you that. Canella's. Well, for Ward, for me, I mean, I was like, holy shit, after the first two rounds, he seemed like a whole different rider. And I mean, <laughs> you, you could see that on the track. I mean, he was, you know, just seemed a lot mentally, a lot more mentally strong, but it came unglued for him at Sandley. He got two shitty starts. Yeah. He was battling with guys that he shouldn't have been battling with. He didn't have the speed at that round, and he didn't he didn't rebound from that. I mean, his Walton, we needed every bit of Tanner Ward's help at Walton for McNabb. 
and he wasn't even even close to the battle, so it was pretty. Well, no, remember he he got uh, Piccolo's whole shot moto one, and Ward was right there, and on that little no, 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 on that little knuckle left, you wouldn't have seen it. You were in the mechanics area, so you do the start, you come around, you jump down into the valley. Uh, oh, that's where, right. Yeah. And then he went in, and Ward went for it. He went for the, the move, the pass, the takeout, and yeah. Ward fell. That's and then right. that was it. That just rode him yeah. off the rest of the day. Then his bike broke, and then, yeah, he, he crashed a bunch more. Canelo, Canelo was out of it, though, right off the get-go. He had that, he had that bike break at, uh, yeah. at Gopher Dunes. He had a DNF, which that was kind of the writing on the wall. But he did kind of claw back, and he won that first moto at Sandalee. And then he was going to win the second. Well, he was coming on McNabb in that second yeah. photo and then just ate shit. And then, you know, he had two DNFs on the, on the season, which whatever. But, um, you yeah, almost, I mean, he can't control, control his bike break. You almost wonder if Ward won the first two and was like, ah, I got this. You know what I mean? A little bit? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think so. Okay. I, just think that, I just think that maybe a little bit of pressure – Never really been in that situation, but nor nor was McNabb. Nor yeah, was yeah, Pickle, so none of these guys were. Yeah, Sanai, I guess, is the most veteran guy. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. you can't use that as an excuse. So. I, like I, you look at like McNabb or the way Piccolo knew would know McNabb better. But I feel like they go to the start gate and they, where are we right now? Okay, yeah, I'm riding my dirt bike. Okay, cool. I'll just go ahead and ride it today really fast. Mm-hmm. Like there's yeah. no like I don't think they're like in the morning getting their goggles prepped and they're sort of stressing about you know turn five and. Or thinking about this place where they were last, like they're you know like things that you get going once you get into a championship thought process. They just fucking get on their bike and ride it as fast as they can go for the time limit that they're supposed to. I was w- it's funny with McNabb. I'll tell a quick short story here. Um, he never showed one bit of nerves. He doesn't really even talk about moto. We go look at the track a little bit. Well, at Sandalee, so we have two bikes on these teams, and we rode the A bike, which we call it. We rode it at Walton and go for dunes so it had about six or seven hours on it and then we rotate to a different bike that has time on it so the frames and stuff are about the same um just a fresh motor and whatnot so he goes out and practice and he is off it just looks weird he comes into the mechanics here i can't ride this bike i can't ride this bike i'm like what the fuck do you mean you can't ride this bike like seriously yeah he's like i can't ride it i can't ride it so we go back to the after he's like seventh in the time qualifying we go back and i'm like colt what do we do he's like I don't know. Like we gotta. Like, what do you mean he can't ride it? So we're going back and forth. We put a new clutch in it. We retorque a couple bolts. He goes out and fucking wins the overall on the day. That was the only time that McNabb showed me any kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. Kid, fifteen. He was emotional. He was grumpy. He had an attitude. Other than that, he goes out and wins. So it was kind of kind of neat. But that's how those kids are, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Manitoba Zone. We're back. We are back. Um, uh, could, could, could Casey Keist, who, who got hurt right away on the new gas gas team for 2022, could Casey Keist pull a piccolo or, or, you know what I mean? Do you think? No, no, okay. no, no, Keith was, Keith was good. I mean, I mean, in that, I mean, it's he always wants, so, hurt, yeah. but he was going to battle with like Benick all year in my, in my opinion, all that you think. Yeah. Like, yeah. For fifth, you know, maybe he get a fifth in a moto or a fourth, but his crash oh, was so God. fucking crazy, Steve. Like unbelievable. He went wide open through a two by four fence. Yeah, you know, oh, that's right. Log, I saw a that log fence, a log fence, not two by four logs. <laughs> or sorry, yeah, logs. like fence post logs, man. Like, and he blew through. Like, his, yeah, what his, happened there? Did he say his throttle stuck? He no, was, he got a head he shake. A head shake and hit a kicker, and then just oh yeah, my after that, god, he was, he yeah, was along for the ride. Hey, yeah. what, one other thing, 
there was only one rider pissed off at us about the preseason pod, mm. and that was Gas Gas's own Casey Keast. He was not happy that we didn't talk about him that much. Okay. I don't remember talking about I him at I all. I think I brought him up right at the end. We brought him up right at the very end. We did. He was pissed yeah. off, and then he heard us talk about him at the end. <coughs> but we were kind of unsure. I mean, yeah, he was riding, but he didn't. He, he broke his wrist in Supercross. Galdi, make sure when you cough, you do it right into the phone. Yeah, sorry about okay, that, right. Just Whatever. Yeah, okay. Right. I know. It pisses you off with the sound, buddy. Whatever. We're delivering. Okay. Um, Deliver. Sam Gaynor dropped back down to 250s, uh, kind of off the pace, right? No, maybe not as good on 250s as he was on 450s, right? Uh, if there, I, I would, I mean, Sam's a good kid and all, but if yeah. there was a disappointment of the ride, it would, it's him this year. He was a bit disappointing this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, who the hell is Zach Umfamzif? Umfamzif. <laughs> what, what is it? Umfamzif. Umfamzif. That's yeah. a that's a strong name. He's he's a local. Uh, well, he was an intermediate. Yeah, for the yeah. First part, uh, BC kid. Yeah, great, great kid. Yeah. yeah. He hey. trained at uh, he trained at uh, Farm Fourteen at Wyndham's all winter with Rob Burkhart. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, Hayden Hall said the truck driver still is he still the driver? No, no. they got a new driver oh, this year. But, okay. Yeah, they got a new driver this year. All right. Um. What else for 250s caught my eye? Um, Racine, that was the semi-McNabb from last year. The intermediate kid moved up. Him and Wyatt Kerr yeah. did the series. They're they're both pretty fast young kids. Yeah, Racine yeah. got a fifth in the very first race. He could, I believe he's going to be a KTM kid next year, like on sort of a support program. Okay. All right. Julian Bennett was good, though. Yeah. Julian Bennett was good all year. Western, Rosi- Western Rosina made a comeback. Dude, that kid won. So with the flow racing deal, the more shows that the series can create, the more money they can make, right? That's how it works with the flow racing app. So anyway, they did a 50 pit bike national thing. Rosina won the 50 pit bike. He won the the freaking two-stroke series, FXR Premix, and then he got second in Supercross. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a hell of a story. It's a hell of a story. Yeah, and didn't he get into it with somebody or wasn't there – uh, drama. In yeah, the- him and Casey Keith. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Casey Keith hated each other. Yeah. They, yeah. They hated each other. Yeah. They're both. There's a lot I, of drama. Lot I saw some DMX uh, Instagram stuff, direct motocross Instagram stuff, where they were both like, "Yeah, I don't know what that guy's problem is. He, I'm just racing." And the other guy's like, "I'm well, just I, racing." And this, so they're both just racing. <laughs> there's a, a little story, side note story. I'm I'm clipping transponders off at Sandalee from the FXR premix race, and the two brothers, Cameron's Weston's younger brother. And the older brother, Weston, they get into it with this guy, Jack Wright. They all go like one, two, three or something. The okay. They are yelling at each other as if it was 50 grand on the line, swearing, screaming. They're just about to go TV on the app thing, going live on that. The mom and dads are getting into it. I'm just like, you wow. guys even know what class this is? It was insane. <laughs> and then and then they, I'm like, you guys are getting into it on the premix, man. Like, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. So I tell I'm like kind of. I'm I'm there and I'm sort of in the middle. I'm like, guys, shut up! Like, go go your way, go this way. And then they get up on the podium and they're like hugging each other for the pictures and shit. And I'm just like, oh my god, it was like a cafeteria scene at the high school. It was yeah, really yeah. Funny. Was there any money in that two-stroke stuff for those guys? Nah, it yeah. was like 100 percent payback. Or something yeah, yeah, like that. I yeah, think yeah, nothing, yeah. No right. money, just just for fun. Was it popular? Did people like it? Did the fan, the series, and the fans, and like, was it? Uh, uh, it's not going as good as you would have thought. Yeah, it's just it's okay. fun, like. It's just okay. It's just it's a good filler. Right. It's better than what the other ideas I think that are around. But yeah, it's not quite as attractive as I think the idea uh, was at first. 
Like um, gate filler, like like Cade. Uh, filler? no. It's, uh, oh, gate filler for like the. Well, no, it's a a circus filler. Yeah, it's yeah. like the bearded lady. Like, like Cade. Circus. Yeah, lobster. Boy. Okay, yeah, like Cade. Lobster yeah. boy, lobster yeah. claws. Yeah, um, just what a thief! He's such a thief. Berg Gillomi is a great name. B U R G Berg. South African. Oh, okay. Wow. So he made it into Canada, or what, what's, what's his story? Well, he lives here. He lives here. Another BC kid. A lot of BC kids out there this year. Well, none, um, of, none of them are beating Manitoba, except for Piccolo. No. No. Uh, you know what? The the one I, I say there's a good positive about this series, is, uh, other than the fact that it got better than this and that, there are a crap ton of 15 to 21-year-old kids in Canada right now that are good. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that have a good potential when you know you got Piccolo McNabb. Well, how old is Piccolo? He, what, what, what's he at? He's like nineteen. Okay, Eight, yeah, yeah. eighteen, I think. Yeah, yeah. Is okay. he eighteen? Even Warden Canelo, they're only like twenty-one. Right. Um, and then that Daniel Elmore kid, Quinn Amiot, Jamie Powell, William Craig, Jeremy Mackay, Curry. Yep. Like, there's a good crop right now. That if you know, maybe if you said Galdi, shut up about Supercross. If there was a way for those kids to ride it like a consistent base, I feel like they could make a you know a not a, maybe not a career, but yeah, could yeah. go to the states and get into some mains and like there's that kind of thing going. You know, even Casey Keist is in that in that thing. But um, I, I like that part about it. That's pretty cool to see that the future looks kind of bright. But of course, well, the series is up in the air, and maybe teams aren't going racing and all that kind of stuff. As every time we do these podcasts, but see, and I I like that too, Galdi. And, and you're right. You know, you add in the Junkenzavs and the yeah, Kurs yep. and and all the way back to Gillamy and, and Tyler Yates. And like, there is from like literally 12 to 21, there's a lot of future, a lot of bright future there for Canadian moto in the 250 class over the next couple of years. The problem is how long are yeah. the parents going to spend the money on doing this? Because it's not like when we were racing, no. these guys got fucking two bikes they got coated suspension. They're running race fuel. They got the big motor home. Like the parents are spending tens of thousands of dollars to do this. When, in my opinion, if if Zach Yumpenset, for example, if he was on a stock KTM 250 with a pipe and revalve suspension with pump gas, he'd be getting the same result. Like in our series. So yeah. how long are these parents going to – Because Let's face it, the sponsorship's not out there. The team rides are not there like it used to be. How long are they going to stick with this is what scares me. It just seems like the turnover rate's super fast um, because these kids got to go get a job here sooner than later, and the parents are overspending the money. 100%. Yeah, is there, 100%. Are there any teams going away or anything like happening that we know of officially for next year, or is everything okay? I mean, I, I know I know Julian there at PRMX. He doesn't have that much interest in doing Canadian stuff. He loves the American side. It's easy. He can actually right. make money doing it, which is, you know, bizarre but awesome. Right. Um, you know, the, the like like Newf kind of mentioned, the Cowie squad is – it's not I – I think it's fine, but it's kind of up in the air because Gerhardt, the owner, Huber there, Pillars Meets, he puts a crap ton of money. Monster pulled out. But there's a rumor that they may come back in as their team sponsor and the title of the series again. Monster, um, really? Yeah, monster. Now again, if what what the dollar value, I don't know. Um, didn't you guys tell me? Didn't you one of you two jerkies tell me, or someone told me that Red Bull is in for next year? Uh, yeah, uh, there was good good conversations coming back from Justin. They're in. They like it. 
they this was actually like last winter um okay. right around december time but they didn't want to come in this year they couldn't come in this year um but then something happened along the lines and it just it fizzled it went away okay all right so yeah I don't maybe, know maybe was, monster but, will be back who knows um but um i don't know are energy drinks the only people that have money like what <laughs> like can we not get like how much? Like Tim Hortons is a goddamn gazillionaires, but you say it on your show, Steve. You got to go play golf with these guys. Yeah, be friends with them and shit. I get it. You right. get to knock down the doors of these guys, but fuck me. There's got like like you say down there, a million dollars will get you an unbelievable amount of things. Yeah, there'd be it team owners. Hundred, a hundred grand in Canada. <laughs> team owners will kill a man for 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 yeah for a million dollars for their team. Like, yeah, they'll bury like the a, body out here in de- out here in the desert. So. But constantly asking Pillars Meats to dip a hundred grand in with right. no real kickback, I think, is what sort of hurts. But I mean, what's the kickback for? Is are people now at the supercrosses? Are they buying twisted tea? Everybody I don't know. Buying I think those guys tea, like know? it. Yeah, I think those guys. I think everything. That's awesome. Good, so. so like, there's a good outside look into it, you know. And we have a ton of Canadian breweries or uh, vodka soda drinking companies now that are making. Like maybe they should jump in on it. But I guess Fuck, that would be nice. Hey, Golly, think how much money we'd save this summer. The nudes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah. So, again, up in the air for next year. Canadian moto. Been a tough couple of years uh, everywhere, but especially up there, you know. Uh, it's not up in the air. We're going racing. It's okay. Just, again, always, we can't constantly. It's just like right now, the period is like, it's not like where, it's, it's more like, okay, where are we going to go? How are we going to pay for it? Instead of like in the U.S., they've, the Supercross series is gung-ho. They're, they're, they're attack mode and. I think now we're everybody's in relaxed mode. So, but our relaxed mode is a, a very long period of time. Right, right, um, right. You know, compared to what it is in the U.S. and even the GPS, like it. And uh, um, I, I honestly think, man, I've said it before. We need to step back, not into the '90s cool era of how it was cool and shit, but the '90s spending. I don't think yeah. our industry and the money that is brought in justifies the money that's being spent or the money that sh- maybe should be spent i think we need to step back and go hey let's be real here you can go to the races on the weekend dylan Wright, and make a thousand bucks and we'll get you race 10 times and if you win all 10 of them maybe you can make another 30 grand on top of that to make 50 or 60 grand a year but guess what from november to march get a fucking job yeah all right and then at march stop working and get ready for june like to have a canadian racer for 12 months having to pay them and all that. It just, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, it sucks. It just doesn't maybe, make sense. Maybe Bill Wallen should teach oh. a school to these gentlemen today and be like, here's what I did. Here's what I did, kids. Uh, you know, and I, and I, and I had a 20 year career in promoto in Canada doing this. Well, there's, so there's something, a, a, a thing that I have. Like our local scene seems to be really positive right now in a lot of provinces, not just Ontario. BC seems to be doing better. Uh, Calgary's going good. But the pros aren't coming to that because they're at this time of year because they're exhausted from yeah. chasing the nationals where they get no recognition, they make no fucking money, none of that. So the why not go back to the drawing board of tying the amateur scene into the pro scene and then having a weekend off where the pros stay out and they come to the amateur scene and the amateurs help sort of fund a better purse to put more money into their pocket instead of stealing it from the industry. I, it's, I got a good idea about this stuff and i think it would make sense if we all junk it but i mean to just pay somebody for 12 months yes. a year right now just it's hard i don't know it just yeah. doesn't make sense i hate saying it man i fucking love the sport i want everybody to make money and be you know just well, ammo, ammo prints money so yeah you definitely yeah. want people to make money but hey, you're, you're i awesome. never i won't fucking lie 
I made I'm making good fucking money this year, and fuck you, I deserve it. Just like you fucking deserve your new house, Steve. Jesus, okay, a lot of f bombs. No. Okay, God, don't, sorry, okay. Noof. Well, I'm just saying, I, this house know, is basically the same off. square footage. I don't know if you no, heard. I yeah, don't know if you yeah, heard. I, I may have heard that a time or two, <laughs> but like, it's okay to make money. It shouldn't be illegal to make money, and it shouldn't be illegal for these guys to make money. But it needs to be made in a reality spectrum. Yeah, that's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, you're on. To, you're on to something, Dolly, because like the the, the fact of the matter is is yeah, you're right. These guys shouldn't be getting paid year round. We don't have a year round series. You know, you ride, you, you know, you're getting paid from April till the end of September and then your contract's up for the year. That's when you load your shit in. We either go get a job or you load your shit into a van and you come and you chase races to try to make 500 bucks or 750 bucks or 1500 bucks on the weekend. And you just travel around. That's what we used to do back in the early 2000s, late 90s and this and that. That's not happening anymore. There was money races. Future West Arena Cross was, we were getting great pro turnouts and they slowly started to die off. So guess what happens when they slowly start to die off? We cut the purse because what's the point of having a big pro purse when none of the guys are coming to put people in the stands to watch the pro races? So there is something there. It just needs to be restructured and these guys need to want to get back to the roots of racing and, and do local stuff and make, I mean, even at a local race now, if the entries are there, you can make okay money. It's it's there, but guys don't want to do it anymore. At, uh, I, I went to the Supercross. I have four events left at AMO. I said, hey, I went to all the Ontario. goes, hey, you guys going to come to the race? They're like, ah. I'm like, hey, if you guys give me like some solid you know, uh, commitment, I'll put up some money, man. I've had a good year. I'll put up a purse, and we can have yeah. spectators now. And they're like, ah, man, I'm tired. I don't know if I want to do it. I'm like – all right, fuck it. I'm not putting up a person. I'm not going to announce it and have three fucking guys show up. Yeah, we. that's how we talked about We talked about that a while ago when there was just nine rounds of outdoors, and these guys just sat around for nine rounds, and they, they didn't travel. They didn't do anything. They yeah. just sat there for nine rounds, and that was their whole series, right? I, yeah. You could almost – I honestly think it's an ego stroke. They don't want to do it because it's not cool. Right. It's oh, not cool. Yeah. It's hard work, too. It's hard. It, yeah. yeah, it's not easy just to go get your bike ready, do some filters. But guess what? It really is. Buy a goddamn YZ 450. Throw WBC's perch on it. World champion. <laughs> wow. And it all comes back to that. It all comes back to beating Kong. Beating Kong uh, at Glen Helen. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, yeah, like you said, if I mean, it, we always say, you know, like, and you've said it on your show, Steve, us old guys, we walk up the hill both ways. Yeah. But if you fucking want it, there's money out there to be made riding a dirt bike. You just got to find, figure it out. Um, all right, before we wrap here on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by Renthal, Maxis, Motorsport, Cobalinks, I didn't prep you guys for this. It's probably my bad, but so I'll run through some categories. And I was I, I barely watched the races this year on the series. My bad. I was traveling for most of them. But uh, all right, best race of the year. Best race of the year, Galdi. Who best race of the year? Um, what moto was that? Deschambeau one, Newf that. That uh, wasn't Monday. Maybe it was the Monday one. Maybe the Monday, the Monday moto of Deschambeau, or uh, the one that the moto that Sanai won at Walton on the Sunday, where they were like one, two, three, four. I mean, yeah. you could you could show almost every single two fifty moto in there, except for the one that McNabb and, and Piccolo won at Gopher, where they won by like a minute. But every other one of them was they were all within ten seconds of top five. Like it was crazy, yeah. some of them. Um, but I, I, that one where McNabb got a bad start and got back to like third or second by the end of the moto. I can't remember if that was the Sunday Deschambeau or the Monday. Sunday, Sunday Deschambeau moto two. Then uh, that one right there. That moto was amazing to watch. What do you that think? That moto was Nuf? awesome. What about you? 
Any moto that McNabb won was my highlight. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I, I think I think for me that Deschambeau second 250 moto for sure was was unbelievable. There was a couple other ones where Wright came from like literally dead last, where he looked like he was dead on the track after a major crash, and it was just like going five six seconds lap faster than guys. But uh, I don't know. All the motos were good, and to be honest with you. Galdi, the tracks were all pretty good this year. Yeah. Uh, and Dig, Diggs is going to hate this one, but fuck me. Go for Dunes when they didn't groom it after all that whole weekend. That was questionable on the Sunday. That's for sure. Oh, God. We were having that argument, remember? Like, it's a new <laughs> round. It probably should be groomed. Come on, and- Diggs. Steve, <laughs> you should have seen, Steve, you should have seen this. I mean, you might have watched it on, on TV or not, but it was so rough. Like, these guys looked like they, you know, when Enduro, you watch Enduro Cross on yeah. TV, this is what it fucking looked like. Like, they're, they could barely, like, our top class riders could barely get around this track. They were bouncing and sitting and right. endoing and looping out and off the track and on the track. It was unbelievable how rough it was. Maybe the roughest track I've ever seen. Diggs, Diggs making the track decision of rough, and he's born on quads and yeah. uh, doesn't ride dirt bikes at all anymore. And he's like, we let him decide what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, I could ride a quad, do that. What's the problem? What's the yeah, problem? Uh, I could, I could quad do that. Um, what uh, breakout rider? Breakout rider. I mean, you can't say Piccolo. That's that's no. that's unfair. But who's a guy that maybe you barely heard of? Like I'm thinking, like Daniel Elmore. Like I know nothing about I, Daniel I, Elmore. I, I could. I, he was pretty damn good this year. News. So maybe Julian yeah. Benick over him. Benick, Julian Benick yeah. over him. Yeah, Benick for sure for me. Obviously, I've heard of him lots, but Benick was a consistent. Like he was the best of the best of the second group, hands down. Um, yeah, yeah. Almost every round, and he's a big kid too. Like he's like 190 pounds with gear on. He's a big boy. Um, when he gets on a 450, like he would be. He's going to be really good on a 450 because he's so big, but. Yeah, Elmore for me, Elmore and uh, and Benek are, are a tie. Both BC guys. Both shout out BC to uh, shout out to Davy Fraser, thirty eight years old, got a podium in Supercross this year, I think. Two of them. Yeah, <laughs> he's hey, um, the Nova Scotia boys. They're getting third in the kids series. Noof did it, and now Davy Fraser did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and Noof and Noof so probably bitter at Cook and Fraser for stealing limelight. Uh, you know i I was uh i felt cook race and walton brought me back to like the early to mid 2000s i was just distraught that he was out there (laughs) they Uh, were even talking to each other steve i seen them under the really talking yeah i figured we i mean i hadn't talked to him in about six years so i thought yeah it was cool to bullshit with him so all right remember i saw him out here mountain biking that day random that's really random um okay uh most disappointing rider. Uh, Got to be Gainer in the maybe G- Gainer or Amiot in the two fifty for me and four fifty. Uh, I'll go Moff. Tough. I'll like, go Moff. Yeah. I know he got. I know he got hurt, but come on, Moff. Moff is going to be pissed when I say this, but fuck, he he was better than what he showed this year, and it was yeah. not. It was not great. Like, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, I gotta go Moff too. Damn it! Well, all three of us are on this shit on Moff train. Yeah. Yep. Oh well. Um, that's what we do on this podcast. We we, we it's the yeah. real truth. All right, yes. boys. Anything else? 
Um, no, I think that's it, man. Let's, uh, what's, we'll, we'll resume Mo- again in six months. Hopefully we have a series, I guess. Right. Is that what we have this? M- MXON <laughs> predictions? Steve? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Italy or Holland, right? Canada though. What, what do you think? I, dude, I was telling somebody, I think they could get top five. No, I don't think so. Uh, why not? Who's there, dude? Great. Britain. I, I had this argument with somebody yesterday, one of my dealers. I was like, they're like, oh yeah, Canada could get a podium or top five. And I'm like, well, I don't. I'm oh, not no, saying they can't they podium. Can. They can't podium. There's no way. No, but here's the thing. Like, and I mean, I guess I'm the same way because I haven't heard of lots of these guys either on the entry list. But these guys that are getting chosen are still like, yeah, they don't do GPS maybe, but they're still racing their country's national series, so they got to be still pretty. Yeah, good. but okay, like, Canada got ninth a couple years ago with everybody there. Okay, yeah. USA's gone. Uh, some of these countries are, you know. Decimated. Yeah, Australia, like, like yeah. Australia's gone. USA's gone. Yeah. That's a seventh now. Now you you know you weakened. Other countries are pretty weak, and and like a fifth yeah. is doable. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, I hope for sure. I just, I just feel like Dylan. If Dylan can get starts, he's going to be really good. Which I mean, he struggled with that all year until the last round at Walton, a whole shot at a moto. But Piccolo, I feel he's the right kind of Galdi would like this one. The right kind of dumb to just like he he won't. The pressure won't get to him, in my opinion, so mm-hmm. he'll be good. Yep. Um, Dylan, if he gets starts, you know he's going to send it. Like, he's going to want to Yeah, it's kind of scary, actually. But and yeah. T-Dags, you're going to get out of him what we always get out of T-Dags, right? He's going to be a solid starter, and he's going to, you know, before he was getting, like, 18s and 19s, I think he's probably going to be 13s and 14s. So, yeah, I guess the top five is, is possible. That's I think six. so, yeah. yeah. What about, are, are we, are there, is there any talk whatsoever if they actually get to the event <laughs> well, yeah, yeah I, well, I, I don't know you guys would know better than i do is, are the bikes shipped no honestly there's we know nothing like there's been no presses there's been no sponsors there's Whoa. been no talk there's nothing on direct there's nothing on mxp like there's there's literally nothing and i know that there was no um you know raising of money carl bastido was literally paying for this i don't know if it's out of spite or what but he's paying for this whole thing and and you know obviously the COVID thing that's a whole nother side of it but yeah like it's it's pretty throw it up in the air, in my opinion. But I had I heard a story yesterday that so they're still in which Galdi, you would know that this should have been done a long time ago, but they're still doing paperwork and physicals and I mean, fuck, they're leaving on Tuesday. I mean, Dylan and the mechanic are leaving on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday to go to the event, and they're still dealing with paperwork. And I heard a story that Piccolo went to the doctor with this paperwork, and the doctor said, I can't do this it's going to take two months to get done like you need this for tuesday um i don't know like i said that's 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 hearsay um i didn't now funny thing about that that is where the cma is supposed to step in and be able to well uh that's what they did back in that's when they did when i did it they almost stopped us at the tracks but they all that paperwork and stuff they had to do you had to give it they helped sort of guide some other steps to make it happen on then, but yeah, I mean, COVID may have changed all that kind of stuff, but yeah, so I don't know. That's just, what uh, I and then, I'm sure they're gonna somehow pull this off. Um, we're hearing and- T we're hearing T Dag is unvaxxed, so he's got a quarantine. Is that gonna happen? How's that working? <laughs> well, and they're going, and like I said, Dylan's going Tuesday, they get there Wednesday, they pick the bike up Thursday, they go to the track Friday and race Saturday, Sunday. So, as far as like the previous years when. 
you know, going over there a week and a half before and getting a day of riding in and making sure the bike is good. Yeah. Like, that isn't happening this year. I'm not no. saying that that's the key to success, but it yeah. definitely it's, What it you're helps. saying is it's loose. It's loose. Very loose, yeah. But here's another tidbit of info, and I knew if I'd have seen it. So the po- political side of things, the CMA and the NCC are now talking to each other and working together. So these are the two groups that were battling for the FIM status. CMA still has it. And now they're, you know, being cordial with each other. So if Team Canada were to go here and get a fifth and be, and, you know, bring the country, this could be a big movement as far as donations, ISDE type talk moving forward with now the MCC who is wow. guided by the Canadian industry, like the, the, the manufacturers yeah. pay yeah. for that. Right. And then the CMA on board and if they, you know, they could find a way, it could develop yeah. into something that could be good for our sport. Like, obviously I'm not an enormous fan of the CMA, but if it turned to make it better for our racers in the future, and we just discussed about 12 names of these kids that could become part of this future, this could be a good thing. So if they do good, it, it may open up a bunch of things that everybody's been kind of wishing for, for the last 50 years. Um, yeah. Well, Marilyn is kind of out of the picture, right? The, yeah, the, the yeah, massive, the, the massive mistake in Canadian moto, Marilyn Bastido. Um, yep. so p- things will probably be more cooperative, like you said, Galdi, between everybody, um, that can't do anything but help Canadian moto. Um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens from it for sure. And this is all new feet. This is all angling towards Galdi being back to being the manager for a team. Well, at the end. I mean, with what he's got going on in Ontario right now, I mean, yeah. he's basically Mr. Canada. Yeah. It yeah. will never, it will never, ever happen again. I will promise you that I'm way too honest. Of it, I can't be shady, and I do will not kiss anyone's ass to make it. Can happen. you can you not film a rider pooping? Maybe <laughs> uh, that was Diggs, by the way. Oh, okay, all but right. But I was the idiot that put it in the video. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> just stay away from filming a, a Canadian rider pooping, and you'll get on the team. Man, it was our four-time national champion going to the bathroom. I figured it might have been something <laughs> worthy, newsworthy, <laughs> newsworthy. Like, how does this champion do in the bathroom? Like, people want to know. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Is he a one-ply guy? Does right. he, you know, like, is he wiping forward? Is he wiping yeah. backward? What's he going on here? Okay. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Um, okay. All right. Uh, anything else, boys? Um, MX a win. They get eighth. Just calling it. I'll okay. All right. All right. Eighth. Tenth for me. Sixth for me. Sixth. Huh? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank you to Fly Racing, uh, Renthal, Maxis, Cobalinks, uh, Motorsport, all on board with this. New Galdi, thanks, boys. And I'm sure we'll uh, we'll be in our group text real soon with Diggs uh, being angry with us. So, um, thanks, guys. Thank you. There was. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart, 
There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled piss and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.